0: Our guest is a distinguished professor of Māori and Indigenous Studies with experience in helping children exposed to trauma. Linda Tohiwai-Smith is a leading scholar and researcher in Indigenous Studies, Indigenous Education and Kaupapa Māori Research. She was made a Companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit in 2013 for her services to Māori and education. Her latest endeavour is a series of on Kaupapa Māori-based stories that nurture resilience for children, for tamariki, who've experienced trauma and deal with the hardships that many whānau face. These are books about tamariki developed for caregivers, whanau and professionals, including social workers, psychologists and doctors who support children's well-being. Linda Tuhiwai-Smith is with us from Toronto. Tēnā koe. Thanks, Linda, for being with us. Tēnā koe. Lovely to hear, Grace
1: Jones, um, and, and you as well. So kia ora, everybody.
0: Kia ora. What is the kaupapa of this project? Explain what sets you off on this specific project, Linda.
1: Well, it's sort of, you know, I've been involved with colleagues in uh, more than a decades-long series of research about the impacts of trauma on different Māori communities and the healing strategies um, that communities and and people use. And it was in the, you know, our focus really was adults. We interviewed adults. We had wāamanga with adults. We had, you know, met with with just people all over the country. And it was, you know, while I was driving backwards and forwards, um, I lived in Hamilton, but also lived in Whanganui, um, driving by myself. It sort of, I guess, came to me that, some of the biggest witnesses and victims who experienced violence are actually children, and yet we don't speak to them directly about these matters. We don't let them speak to us, in a sense. And um, there's nothing in children's literature, or very little. I mean, I did scan, you know, children's uh, literature in the bookshops and online. I couldn't see anything that addressed the issues through literature. And, you know, that got me thinking, and over the course of my driving all over the North Island, I started to frame these stories.
0: So can we look at some of the wisdom held within them, please? One of the stories is Riwia and the Stargazer. Now, this is about the illness and death of a sibling from a child's perspective and a growing understanding. And my goodness, you're right, there is so little... Um, literature full stop, but certainly age-appropriate literature on this. So tell me a little of Riwe, please.
1: So was a little girl who, with her parents, go to Auckland. So they leave their home in they have plenty. And they essentially, because they don't have much money, live in a van. And it's the story of the family as they you know, work through the process of a child who's very unwell, a baby who then dies. And this story is about, you know, the grief of a family. It's about um, the resilience and resourcefulness and creativity of the parents who have to grieve for their own baby, but also care for this curious girl who wants to know what's happening, why it's happening, and a really creative dad. It was really important to me to show that Māori fathers could be present. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect dad and a perfect mum. I wanted to show that any dad, any mum who's present for their child can be doing things to help them process grief. And it's a story of taking this baby back home, through the burial, through the grieving process, to a point where the parent's able to turn their attention fully to her.
0: What are some of the ways adults could use this book, say, uh, and the others in the series to have kōrero? And is it necessarily, obviously it would be a brilliant resource when a whānau is dealing with something like this, but is it you know, able to be used beyond that context as well. How do you see it helping, Linda? I think, uh,
1: firstly, it's designed to help parents have a conversation with children. It may not be this particular story, but it's how do you elicit an open conversation that enables a child to ask questions, to be curious about things and to have the adults who care for them um, be able to communicate to a child and and really focus on their needs. And I know, you know, and there are lots of situations where parents themselves are in need of care. So it's not just about parents, it's also about the community around parents. Um, I hope the book, you know, that adults read the book and think, aha, I, you know, I know how I can use this story. I, I do tell people this is not your ordinary book that you just give to a child and hope that there's a happy ending in it. I think it is an a invitation for adults and parents to sit with a child and to name these things. Because I think one of the things I learned in my research is children do talk about these issues. And if adults aren't in that conversation, giving them the language they need, they create a language, and they create their own narratives narratives around that. And sometimes those narratives, they blame themselves for some of the things that are happening to other members of their whānau. They blame themselves if they're um, sibling, if someone commits suicide, or if someone dies. So it's really important that adults are there in the conversation, helping a child talk things through.
0: I don't like Wednesdays is another um, of the books that does address, um, unfortunately, what too many whanau suffer, which uh, yeah. in, in, in too many children suffer the, the loss of of a sibling to to suicide. There's another also that that the, the, these are books that go to the heart of some of the most traumatic and challenging experiences of children um, and so often Linda we think we're protecting children by not discussing things and, and to your wisdom no I we're know. not um, so tell me please about I am a little voice and again that question of blame and self blame um, this example are the feelings. this is the feelings arising from a child experiencing family violence and, and physical abuse Um, and and, and how powerful for a child to have an example where they can step outside of their own situation and realise they're not the only person. Could you tell me a little of this book?
1: Yeah, I think of the series that was, the book that as I was writing it made me cry the most. Um, I cried in most of these books as I was writing them or thinking about envisioning a child. And uh, I'm a little voice. Really, is about a child who has been abused and who do who does actually need professional support and therapy. But it's also about the lots of little ways that you know members of the extended family can help through their kindness, through their invitation for a child to be ordinary, to participate. Uh, recognition for example by an older cousin that you know they used to wet their bed too they used to sleep with their nanny or grandmother as well that you know these are things that you can well one acknowledge but, but also grow through and that sometimes it's not the spectacular things that heal people it's the everyday acts of kindness, love um sort of relationships and recognition of what a child might be going through so that's the uh, I am a little voice and there was a lot of back and back and forth with the editor and I on that one in terms of you know can a child think of themselves as being outside themselves and i think the you know research is pretty clear on that space that children do and can, and they're quite capable of um, creating friends and other voices to help them cope with really serious trauma.
0: You alluded to it, I think. You weren't just writing as a psychologist or a social worker or a doctor might about a child, and I'm not saying that that happens without concern and empathy and sympathy, of course it does, but you were writing in the child's voice here and you know mm. how, how long to get that right and and also where did it take you well you know i write for a
1: living i'm an academic i write a lot of research adult kind of writing and the, this series of books is the most difficult writing i've ever done you know writing for children um i could see in my mind the child as writing, you know, for and about. I could see the people that I was creating, the characters that I was creating. And we had some backwards and forwards with the editor about whether children would think like this. You know, I had um, psychologists go over it and we had conversations about it. But I've also had a lot of experience with children. I think they have far more insight and wisdom and we often get them credit for um, that they're able to cope with new terms and language and so I had this sort of belief if you like that children can process grief and trauma if adults help them process it and that means adults have to process these emotions and these Feelings and be able to think themselves outside what's going on for them. Linda, and, that is um,
0: such an important point, and could you elaborate on it? At the very time our children need us the most, because they are going through um, a trauma no one wishes on a young life. Parents, caregivers, nannies, friends, they're often processing an equivalent trauma at an adult level. And the challenge is somehow to parent and to deal with your own grief. And can you offer some wisdom on that? Did you just say that first one must deal with one's own grief and trauma? Well, I
1: think as a parent you're you're wired into a kind of collective kind of sense of yourself and your children. Um, but often your strategies for dealing with yourself are be maybe a little bit more resilient than your sort of consciousness of caring for your children. I mean I think a lot of parents do this intuitively, they want to hug their children. Um they want to kind of embrace their children, but sometimes they forget to speak to their children or have their children speak with them about what's going on. So children don't like seeing their parents cry. They don't like seeing their you know grandmother upset. So they, they have these feelings. And I think it's, it's not hard, but it is hard. It's not hard for parents to get beyond their own grief, But it is hard to get beyond their own grief. And I think, you know, what parents must do is encompass their children in their grief processes and their management of that grief. Because that's where healing is. You know, it's healing for the parent as well as the child.
0: Linda, these books are available in Te Reo Māori and in English, so uh, available to anybody and everybody, and, and what a treasure trove for them, yes? Yes,
1: in both languages, separate books, so there's, you know, um, there's the English series and the Te Reo Māori series. They're the illustrations are by Isabel Joy Tauho White, and I want to acknowledge the empathetic way that um, Isabel has... Um, done the illustrations of the book of the books and um and also HUYA for their fine editing and conversations.
0: Hui are the publishers. Thank you. Yes. Linda Linda. Kyra. Linda, Linda Smith speaking to us from Toronto. More details on those books and where you can find them I'm sure you'll find on our webpage rnz.co.nz forward slash nine to noon.